Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, I'm recording with, let's say, well, we actually, I'm going to go ahead and throw right out here. We're going to be talking about health, business, and lifestyle, not just because it's the tagline of the show, but right before I hit record, this gentleman actually does geek out about all three of these areas. So we're going to have some fun today because I'm going to go ahead and preface the episode by saying probably going to be more of a health domain-focused show, which you guys know, the regular listeners, we geek out a lot about. But uh, he's also an entrepreneur, and he's also into healthy lifestyle because he's apparently a bit of a geek about aloe. And uh, I grew up with this on a farm, so I can actually connect back to my childhood with this. But he's also a gut-healing expert. And I have been geeking out the past year on this show with all kinds of uh, people discussing the deeper penetrations into gut health world, gut biology, all kinds of good stuff. But let me give you the quick skinny on this guy. He's a passionate chiropractor and health coach. He emphasizes a healthy lifestyle and nutrient-dense diet as a means to achieve optimal well-being. His health principles are based on science, tradition, and in line with the scriptures. So there's a lot more to this gentleman. Uh, we may be talking about, you know, benefits of aloe today. We might be talking about, oh, I don't know, this wonderful marketing business keyword of organic and a few other things, especially on chemicals because I can't stand them. So without further ado, Dr. Michael Haley, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much, Scott. I, I love your show. I love how you put these three things together. And I can tell we are going to hit it off. We are going to be so <laughs> like-minded in these things and probably dig deeper than ever before into things that, well, that I have been uh, woken up to in, in my line of business, things that I've been exposed to that I didn't know. I was able to dig deep into the aloe farm and say, wow, this is what happens when you grow food and it gets processed, you know, out they're getting ready for the store shelves. No, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I know things that are amazing. I want to know more about your aloe farming, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, we weren't actually an aloe farm. What I'm hinting as I grew up on a farm, right? So I'm a farm kid turned corporate guy, turned firefighter, turned entrepreneur, right? But my childhood, we always had aloe plants, like a lot of them. And I was like, every windowsill had, uh, you know, had, had an aloe plant on it. And my mom, that was like, because, I mean, growing up on a farm, you're shoveling manure, you're in and out of the fields. You, well, plus being a adrenaline junkie kid and a mountain biker and everything else, I was good at cutting myself and damaging the body. And admittedly, most of our uses of aloe almost always were predominantly focused on epidermal, right? So the exterior right. of the body. I didn't learn until years later there's all kinds of ingestible benefits to this. So right. um, no one's really geeked out about it. Literally, actually, I can tell you this right now. No one on this show's history has ever <laughs> geeked out about aloe. So that's why I can't wait to talk to you today because I haven't talked about this much about aloe already since I was a kid. <laughs> that's, that's great. And I didn't know much about it myself. I knew that it was good for your skin and people put it on burns and they heal faster. Yeah. And that was my first experience with it. I, you know, I went sailing and okay. I am not so, you know, sailing smart. I know how to drive a boat that has a throttle on it and, you know, you push it forward and it goes fast. And, but when it comes to sailing, a bunch of things I didn't know about. And I remember when the captain said, you know, pull up the sail and I, you know, grabbed onto a rope and I started pulling on it. The sail went up and I turned around holding onto the rope and like, now what? Yeah. We tie it and off. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know how, you know, there's this locking mechanism. I didn't even know how it worked. I had no business pulling up that sail. 
and uh, you know, I thought I could maybe hold on to it as as the wind filled it up and it started ripping through my hands. Oh man, rope burn. Ripping, yeah, well, beyond that, I could literally feel my skin tightening up from melting. Oh, lovely. Oh, that's right, because yeah. most of the ropes have like a nylon weave in them, so that's uh, that's gonna be a really nice cutting methodology. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I learned about aloe for my hands, and I will never forget um, looking at them three days later mm -hmm. and thinking, my goodness, they actually look better now than from before the burns. Interesting. It was miraculous. Well, why do you forward, think? Why do you think that was such a wake-up call? Just was was it the fact that the pain kind of disappeared so soon? Because that's one thing I remember from childhood. It was such a, I don't want to say cooling, but just soothing feeling right yeah. yeah well you know everything after a while went numb i remember on, on the boat you know all we had was uh they had you know canned beverages and coolers so i was taking them out one at a time using the cold one oh yeah like, like, <laughs> so you, you basically like uh beverage ice packs i like that so <laughs> and then yeah after you know after we got the dry land a couple hours later by then the pain was pretty much subsided but my hands were a mess and i was a chiropractor it's like wait a second you know, this I was is gonna what say I, this you is, work with your hands, so yeah. So I, I worked with my bandages uh, for the next few days. Um, but what I learned was, and I you know now know that there's research to back it up that aloe literally cuts the healing time in half wow. on the skin. We don't really know what it does on the gut, but we know that the gut is epithelial tissue, and in fact, more functional than the skin in the sense of absorbing and excreting okay. so it's probably going to use the aloe even more so than the skin all right um from what we've seen in people that we've given it to with uh, these inflammatory bowel conditions and what's the difference you know if you're inflamed on the skin or you're inflamed inside that's good i mean that's a very good point inflammatory responses we talk about less a lot of this on the show and it's like guys like the inflammation is your body's biological response to a problem yeah, right. yeah. And, and we're thinking about the gut very similar to the skin. You know, it's interesting if you were to oversimplify it and imagine that your body is just a, a big skin bag with a hole punched in on two ends that meet in the middle. Well, that's like the skin on the inside. Okay. And inside that tube is really like the protected external environment. You have to pass through that wall to actually get inside your body in a sense. Um, so it's really functioning very much like the skin on the outside of your body. Okay. As we, you know, yeah, I know you talk about this on probably every show that, you know, the, the, the food is filled with chemicals oh, and yes. it's killing the gut lining, just like the chemical things that we're putting on our skin. Are. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I, you know, let's pause on that. A lot of gut biology or our gut bacteria is pretty resilient to a point. So what you just dropped a little major hint on was that, well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, everything has a limit. Everything has a point of failure, right? So yes, our biology and our gut bacteria can get a be pretty good beat down. But then after a while, to your hint, manufactured foods, chemicals, preservatives, all this stuff, eventually it's like, I got nothing left. <laughs> and we're, we're literally killing everything off in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing your list, listeners know that genetically modified organisms if you were to really sum it up, what it really means is more chemicals. Yeah. Corn is genetically modified to be Roundup ready and Roundup, the purpose of it is to kill. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the corn is made to generate its own pesticides. Pesticides are designed to kill the insects. You know, we're, we're, it's designed to kill the, the weeds and the insects. And we eat this, does it know to stop killing? Yeah. You know, the chlorine in the water, why do they put chlorine in the water? To kill. 
-hmm. You know, uh, what's the purpose of antibiotics? To kill. Yeah. And, and people put these things in them. Does it know to stop killing? You know, I like to ask people, when you buy a food that has preservatives in it, what's the purpose of the preservatives? Most people say, well, it makes the food last longer. Yeah, shelf no. life. Yeah. That's the side effect. The purpose of the preservatives is to kill. Hmm. You know, to kill mold, yeast, fungus, and bacteria, to stop things from growing in the food. When you eat it, does it know to stop killing? So everything that we're putting in us is designed to kill. Well, I tell people and, all the time, I mean, look at the history behind the word AIDS. If you look it up in Latin, it translates to death. So it's like everything that you ever look at in an ingredient, if you ever see ending in AIDS, probably not good to be going in the body. <laughs> right, right. It's, yeah, it's so scary, but, it, but the sad part is it takes people like you, myself, and thousands of others in the podcasting world, YouTube world, vice versa, to like start bringing this to the forefront. Like We just take all this stuff for granted. We think that, oh, well, because it's on the shelf, it must have been approved, right? The FDA already checked off on it. So you know, our governing protection agencies has got our back, right, Doc? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's just like when, uh, you know, you look at the the list of important vitamins, you know, the, the recommended dietary intake. Why are they important? Because lack of these will, you know, cause se severe health problems in a relatively short period of time. Mm -hmm. But these other ones, if you're missing them, we don't really know because it takes a while before the things really show up. Eventually we catch on to another one. We add another something to that list. It's the same thing with the chemicals in the food. How do you measure it? It is a slow death mm -hmm. and it's a cumulative death. You know, uh, we can extend the list and say, what about artificial colors and artificial flavors and, uh, you know, modified foods such as partially hydrogenated oh, where we're changing it. On that. You know, we have we have all of this change in our dietary and it's cumulatively working to destroy our gut flora, which you well pointed out. It can take some abuse. It's resilient. But when you look at the spectrum of what we're doing to it, it's too much. Yeah. I mean, I, I for example, I'm a big advocate. Uh, my client owns the trademark NSNG, no sugar, no grains. So I cut that stuff out a long time ago. Now, do I still have the occasional glass of red wine? Yes, with my wife. Well, that's technically sugar, so I'm not 100% no sugar, no grains. But I am an adamant about all grains being removed just because it's an, there's, there's been proven inflammatory responses to all grains, even worse if they're GMOs, as you pointed out today. But also, then I'm like, well, okay, well, I stopped drinking beer. I don't, that's inflammatory. I drank that for years, mountain, you know, drink, you know, basically racing mountain bikes and stuff. That was just the way of life out west in Colorado where I used to live. But then I, not, not to be fair, I tell people, hey, I still live my life, so I'm going to have a bourbon or a scotch once in a while. Now, technically, thanks to distillation, you're removing all those crazy impurities and everything else. However, I always remind people, guys, it's still an alcohol. It's still a toxin, and it's still going to beat on my glut floor. So, ergo, might not only be doing it every single night. Just throwing yeah. that out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned wine and you mentioned scotch. Um the wine we have today is different than the wine of a thousand years ago. Oh gosh. Yes. You know, if you think about it, we're, we're, um, hyper fermenting it and then filling it with preservatives to stop that fermentation. So we can stop the flavor right where it is. Hmm. It's funny because I think about something that was written, uh, you know, 2000 years ago and, uh, in the scriptures, it said, stop drinking only water and use a little wine for your stomach. And your frequent infirmities, you know, wine back then was a grape juice 
that began to ferment, which filled it with probiotics, consumed some of the sugars, mm -hmm. and made a, 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 a normal, natural fruit juice into more of a superfood that was beneficial for the stomach sure. and immune system. We've kind of changed it. <laughs> we a changed the game. <laughs> now, would you say it's been changed everywhere? Or do, you, or do you feel like there's oh. still some old school practices still being done? Well, you know, I, I had an uh, old school practice that happened without me trying in my refrigerator when I bought some grape juice from the Amish and I forgot about it in the back of my refrigerator. Mm. I opened it up about a week and a half later and it made that wonderful sound. It was a, it was a delicious sound okay. when I popped the cap. Yeah. That was old school wine. It okay. was a nice light ferment and i know people are doing that yeah. uh, but it's something that happens all by itself how was it discovered probably very similarly Accident. maybe less time because they didn't have refrigeration right right it's true yeah so, i get yeah actually if you i never say the history of wine but if you now we're talking about it, i'm like yeah, that was totally an accidental discovery there was not much <laughs> science discovering that <laughs> uh, but that's a good point though so is there a point of too much fermenting I don't know. Um, you know, uh, I, I used to have uh, these uh, two 40-gallon kombucha tanks in my house. Oh, yeah. Um, now, it was too much fermenting in my house because you walked into my house and it just smelled like it was going to blow up. But what I did learn in that process is we used to take all kinds of, you know, measurements. And one of the key measurements was the acidity. Okay. And wow, it got acidic. It just kept on going and going and going. And you had to, you know, pour it off on time and get it in the refrigerator to stop the fermentation. Hmm. Uh, and if you drank too much of that vinegar kombucha, right. you, you felt it. So I kind of learned by experimenting on myself. Yes, there is definite, definitely a point of too much fermentation. Okay. So let's, let's tie this back into clearly something you're passionate about, right? We're talking about aloe today as well. And I mean, do you ferment aloe? Like, I don't know. I mean, is, is, what's, going, what's going on? Because again, I, I knew it from a topical standpoint. I know I've seen it in some supplementation. I've seen yeah. it as ingredients in some supplementation. So I'm very intrigued as to, obviously, because you have your, your standard practice, your chiropractic care which I'm a huge advocate for. I, I was literally just at my chiropractor today uh, and love her. And I was like, wow, he's really, really, really into aloe. <laughs> so besides you jacking your hands up, uh, trying to be a sailor with not much training, um, what made you go into the internals, into you know the ingestible research? Yeah. You know, I had this, um, this patient, Rodney Stockton. He used to come to me 20 years ago. Okay. And... Uh, he always bought these bottles of, he was kind of like your door-to-door -door aloe guy in South Florida. Okay. Small business, uh, you know, filleting the leaves himself. And when he couldn't keep up with the demand, he would just sell people leaves and teach them how to fillet it. And Are you're saying, a, uh, just to help me, because the yeah. video watchers too, I, I remember I was a kid, you would break off a tip of the leaf, so to speak, and it was... I wouldn't say hollow, it's full of the aloe, and I would squirt out what I would need, and then the, the leaf would seal itself up and continue to grow. It's actually right. a very intelligent plant. Oh, um, amazing. Because I remember the first time my mom's like, don't break the whole branch off. I'm like, oh, okay, well, my bad. I didn't know. I thought she just took the whole thing off and just squirted it on us when we had injuries. She's like, oh, no, you'd only need a very little bit. So that's yeah. why I was intrigued by that. I never learned how to fillet a leaf, though, so I'm... I'm learning so much already. <laughs> you, you, you know, it's funny because there's there's two different parts of the plant that people are using. Mm -hmm. One is that bitter yellow sap. 
And uh, I actually disagree with using that, but they're using it for the laxative effect because I think, you know, quite frankly, if you have constipation, you got something going on that needs to be addressed. Yeah. There's, there's something else going on there. (laughs) I agree with that. So we're going to look at your diet and we're going to get that fixed and get things working like they're supposed to. And, you know, it might even take, uh, you know, some chiropractic or massage or yoga to get the nerves flowing properly to the intestines. There's something going on. But if we're giving you aloe in the outer leaf sap to loosen your bowels, it's no different than taking a drug to get an effect without fixing the problem. Hmm. So, I, yeah, but they, the, there's farmers that they actually harvest the leaves uh, they cut them off and they lay them in a circle and they stack them up on top of each other and they let that yellow stuff drip down into a like a bag in the bottom of it and then the next day they collect that bag, take it to market, and they just push the rest of the leaves away. Wow. Well, that's the stuff that we actually use. We wow. do the opposite. We cut the leaves off the plant, cut them on the top and bottom. We let that sap bleed out the bitter stuff that has the laxative effect. Then when, when we got rid of the bitter stuff, then we keep, we fillet it. We take the skins off and use that jelly part. And that goes into a grinder and we put it through a chiller to get it cold real fast. And then we put it in the freezer and we ship it frozen. Hmm. But that gel is where the healing part is. That's where the, the part that's going to uh, cause your immune system to work better against cancers and viruses. So that's what I was squirting on my skin was actually the, the gel, so to speak, that came from inside the leaf layer and not, or... Or was it the yes. yellow stuff? No, the yellow stuff is what, uh, you know, smelled like bad sweat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Sweat. Okay. okay. I haven't thought that, about that in a while. <laughs> it, it ha- it's a very, very bitter, a little dab on your tongue. You're going to make that face like a baby biting into a lemon for the okay. first time. It, yeah. It's, 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 and it's a, you know, very, it's like an astringent. It, it could have some medical benefits, but the reality is it's the gel. If you can taste it, you didn't necessarily uh, fillet it properly. Hmm. Um, yeah, t- the aloe should almost taste like drinking out of a garden hose. Oh, it's slippery, okay. but it doesn't have a lot of flavor to it. Okay. Um, if it does, you want to improve on and your it's, And it's quite translucent. It was, I remember but, it wasn't, everything's the aloe is green. And I'm like, actually, I remember it being, you know, maybe a tinge, but it's mostly clear. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And if you look at it closely, you're going to see a lot of pulp in it. Yes. Um, this is, this is the neat thing um, because we can't talk about aloe without talking about sugars. True. You know, we, we take a, a sugar molecule and, you know, the simplest we can think of things like glucose and then fructose and galactose. And as we talk bigger molecules, it's, you know, carbohydrates arranged in, to, you know, complex carbohydrates, and when they get really complex, they might be mucopolysaccharides or mucilaginous polysaccharides, whatever term you want to use. Here's the cool thing. The sugar molecule that's joined together in these very complex mo- molecules that make up the mucilaginous polysaccharides in aloe vera is mannose. Now, I didn't know this uh, back. I'm going to come back to that. I didn't know this uh, 20 years ago when Rodney bought this brought this aloe to me and said, you got to put all your patients on it, especially if they have cancer. Hmm. And I, I've watched some of his uh, testimonials and I thought, oh, come on. But I remember when one of my patients had stage four pancreatic cancer about 10 years ago. And uh, this is actually about 11 years ago now. And this was before I had any connection to aloe vera. Okay. And I, I essentially said, you know, you have about a 2% chance of being alive this time next year. If you just go the medical route. And don't do any, don't make any changes. 
if you do what I'm going to recommend, I don't know what your odds are. There's no studies done, right? But you know, it's I, I would take the chance since you only have a two percent. It was stage four, and it was uh, pancreatic metastasis. And they were probably already on medical care as it was, right? So they already has medical treatment going huh. on. Um, in this case, she already went for uh, an evaluation and they said, you have so much cancer that, you know, we can't do surgery. Uh, it, you know, it metastasized to your liver and that's all over the place. It's all over your intestines. We can't take it out because there'd be nothing left to run your body. Were they gonna, that was, what was the next step looking at it from like a shrinkage or radiation or all that? Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but she decided to go completely natural drink three glasses of aloe vera a day. We took away all of her sugars. We got her juicing fruits and vegetables, growing her own sprouts. And she went back four months later and they said, wow, you only have two little spots on your liver now. And somehow they convinced her that would be easy to take out. So they, she chose to go the surgical route. Uh, and then after that, they said, well, now, you know, after surgery, you need chemotherapy. Um, and she decided to go that route. So my advice was, okay, if you're going to go that route, remember how you got here. Right. Don't stop doing these things. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm never going to change someone's mind. You know, they're, they're set and they convinced that they have to do this. And the doctor said, okay, then don't give up these things. She stuck to it. And, uh, you know, every now and then, uh, she's, she's not a customer anymore. Uh, but I do check her on Facebook and, uh, you know, she's still posting. We're 10 years later. Wow. Um, I don't know much about her health status. I, you know, she might not be drinking aloe anymore. She did for a few years yeah. uh, when, you know, when, when she realized she was cancer free. Well, so um, here, let's pause on this. So you're what i what I love about great chiropractors is cause I've been through a few of them until I found the one I love now. And I love it when they do a true lifestyle analysis, I like to call it like, Hey, what was your lifestyle before even talking, for example, to you to be even trying aloe because and I'm, nothing to take away from aloe. I'm just saying in general, a lot of times people have a pretty unhealthy lifestyle up till when the crap hits the fan. Right. So that's why, you know, honestly, I tell people all the time, like taking any positive step in nutrition and anti-inflammatory lifestyle uh, goals is going to be a step in the right direction. Just hoping, just praying and hoping and paying, you know, for a big blast of medical treatment still has no guarantee. Like people die after those treatments all the time because yeah. they're just trusting on the magic of this supposed medical solution. And, and they even tell you there's no 100% guarantee. So yeah. I, 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 I agree with what you're saying here is that guys, people like, I've, I think I've said this on past shows with some other doctors, Mike, you know, we, a great mentor of mine, he says, listen, guys, like we all need to take personal and collect collective accountability for our results in life. This could be applying to health, business, lifestyle, whatever. Um, and then another great doctor out of my show, he said, he's like, dude, we all need to become our own inner physicians and stop just praying and hoping that this, this person with this doctorate degree is going to save the world, you know, for me. Um, is that something you, you get through to your customers too? It's like, guys, like you got to take some accountability here. Like, yeah, you, know, you can yeah. help, but it's like, you got to own this. This is your body. This is your life. So, yeah, I haven't really seen many people switch overnight and I realized how many years it took me to get to where I am yeah. and I still keep changing as I learn new things. So I'm, I obviously, I must not be there yet. Uh, there's still... I think we all, I think that's the point though. We always should be continuously 
staying accountable and doing the research and becoming our own. I do all my own self-studies. That's why I'm such a health geek now. That's why the podcast right. started years ago. I'm like, you've actually reached a point where you know too much. And then it's like, okay, come on. That's it. We got <laughs> We got to start doing stuff here because there's just way too much knowledge to be acquired out there. Right. So, but a lot of people yeah. just want to kind of like sit back and just, and I, I guess that's why I'm bringing this up to you now is like, if people hearing this, I'm intrigued to hear how you respond because it's like, guys, like sooner or later, you have to own it. Like you have to step up and say, okay, maybe it's a page of this one chapter of a book. Maybe it's one YouTube video. I know you're a big YouTube guy, right? So it's like, right. t start taking little baby steps and start learning more. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, it's like, it's like telling somebody you can't have wheat anymore. That's all I eat. What else is there? Yeah, that's culture shock but, right there. Yeah, but eventually it's easy. Yeah. This is easy. I don't need that. There are so many other foods. You know, why, why do you eat the same thing every day? There are so many more foods to learn out there other than, you know, spaghetti and toast and pizza. And, you know, which, by the way, is totally Americanized Italian food, because it's funny you're bringing this up. A friend of mine, I told her, like, hey, you know, you should really consider just 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 for a few months, like just take a break. And she's like, I can't do that. I'm like, why? She's like, I'm Italian. I'm like, well, to be fair, you were born here in USA, so you're not Italian. You're Italian by bloodline and maybe genetics, you know, but you're USA, you're American. And for my friends who are hardcore Italians who own the olive oil villa that I order my oil from on the boot heel of Italy, they'll tell you what we do here in this country is not what they do in Italy. <laughs> They're like, no, we're not sitting down with giant pizzas and giant loaves of bread and huge bowls of pasta. They said, sorry, that's just whatever they're pushing on a, on a TV commercial here in the States. He's like, that's not how we roll in it in Italy. So yeah. I love hearing stuff like that. Cause then it's, it just cracks me up from a cultural, um, I guess not butting up heads, but just differentiation, right? It's like somehow we've, we seem to keep tweaking things the wrong way in this country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I got the Italian thing in me Okay, and I, I love some Italian food. Um, but there's, you know, one of the things we can do is meet our patients and say, okay, you want this Italian dish? Let's swap out the wheat pasta for, you know, here's, here's a pasta made from lentils. Yeah. Or a you spiralized know, spaghetti squash. So, yeah. or something like, you know, whatever. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Spaghetti yeah. squash is naturally already noodly. Uh, or you take a regular zucchini and just run it through a spiralizer. We do that all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. And it's more fun. You, you get to actually like, oh, I made my own pasta. I mean, it's, but it's not pasta. <laughs> I, haven't <laughs> eat, I haven't eaten a uh, doughy pasta in years. Yeah, now, so do you keep the spiralized things raw? Do you do the salt and draw the water out? How, how do you do that? We've done it both a couple different ways. Uh, a good friend of mine actually uh, created a cookbook for anti-inflammatory lifestyles because she she studied, she lives with a severe case of celiac disease. So she is all about removing the sugars and the grains. So I've, I, that's where I, that's thanks to her cookbook. I never even tried spiralizing a zucchini. So yeah, we'll get them fresh and we'll we will spiralize it raw. And uh, we've done some cold salads where you didn't even cook it because uh, it is very, it's a very wet vegetable. Yeah. Um, you don't really need to do much to it. But yeah, I've also done just, I'll just, I'll, I'll cook the, you know, whatever it's chicken or beef or whatever I happen to make it that night. And then I'll just toss that in and kind of like flash sear it in, in the juices. Uh, and then yeah. it has a nice al dente texture to it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, yeah. I like to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's a, yeah, eating is one of my, uh, favorite pastimes yeah people <laughs> crack up hold on let's pause on that then doc people are like how do you how do you eat so much hmm. and i'm like 
what do you mean? Like, dude, you could just sit down and I could like, you could crush some food. I said, well, I think the most important part is when you do notice that about me is like, what is the food that I'm crushing? Because yes, I could sit down and probably start eating a giant bowl of pasta. And thanks to the hormonal responses from that, I will probably keep eating the pasta because that's what your hormones are telling you to do. Uh, but yes, I could sit down and eat one or two big steaks, or I could sit down and have a, a beautiful spaghetti squash bowl. Uh, you know, it's, I tell people all the time, it's all about nutrient density. Like I, I'm not going to sit down and eat a bowl of, of doughy pasta. There's zero nutritional value there besides the inflammatory responses that I'm going to get from even trying to eat that stuff. Uh, so yeah. yes, I, I love to geek out about if you're going to per se look like you're picking out, uh, make sure it's something that's actually going to fuel your body and Absolutely. fuel your life. Yeah. So the fuel, that's a good word. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's come out of the past few years. That's like, it's my buzzword now, but it's like, guys, like people see the crazy things I do in my life. Like how active are you in your personal life outside of your practice and outside of the aloe world, besides ripping oh. your flesh off your hands from trying to sail? Uh, like what are some outdoorsy things that you like to do? Are you into the sports? Well, you know, uh, this morning I went for a nice run, uh, you know, just to get the day started. Okay. Um, I, I was playing softball up to a, a year ago or so. Nice. You know, I'm 52 now. Uh, I don't know how to slow down. You're it's, 52. You, know, you I, got me by 10 years. Yeah. The Well, the, the you know, it's still the, the athleticism, the competition, it never goes away. No, it doesn't. And you will push yourself until it breaks. And eventually it does. And I've broken bones on the softball field. I've torn off muscles and it's just a hundred. Well, my favorite thing to do, I think pastime physically is playing the drums. Oh, nice. And I realize that every time I break an arm or a leg, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a limb short. Yeah. I can do okay with three limbs, but I like playing with four. Yeah. Usually it's a little bit more beneficial. Yeah. It's a, it's a true talent to be able to play drums. I tried figuring that out when I was a kid and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't have a big mu- musical bone on my body. Uh, the best instrument I actually started to pull off a little bit was playing the bass, uh, just because I think it was, it was only four uh, strings and it was less for me to focus on. sounds though. Right? Oh yeah. You know, so. Yeah, you know, it, you got to feel the music and you feel it with the bass. That's yeah. that delivers the punch. But see, this goes back to my point on nutrient density, what we're putting in the body. So it's like, okay, if you're ingesting garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. You're not going to have that wanton energy of like, oh man, I can't wait to go out and play some softball today. Or, oh, let's, let's go on a sailing trip. Or, hey, I just want to go for a quick run. Most people feel lethargic. They feel like they have no, that's the biggest thing. I tell people all the time, aloe aside, cancer aside, like if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle and you just start to focus a little bit, oh, the biggest thing you're going to notice is energy. Energy nice. starts coming back. Like, oh my God, because you're finally giving your body the nutrients at once. And I know it's yeah. a very generalized yeah. statement, yeah. but I'm intrigued. Like, is this when you have discussions with a lot of your patients? You know, it was 2004 uh, when I read this article about phytonutrition, and this was something I already geeked out on. And I was bothered because something told me that the author of this article in this newspaper knew more about phytonutrition than me. That bothered me. (laughs) A little bit of a pride issue. Well, I remember I called him up and I said, well, you know, what are you, what are you supplementing with uh, when it comes to the phytonutrients? And he said, well, you know, I actually made this product. I de- developed this one, but I'm working on another one. You can't buy it yet, but I'll send you some samples. And I remember taking the samples and thinking, what is, is this legal? Oh, that's I good had point. Yeah. so much energy and I actually didn't tell anybody about it because something was wrong. I felt too good. 
Right. And that was my first clue, uh, literally only 15 years ago, that the food really does have an impact on how you feel. Um, that changed my life. That was a defining point in my life. I, and I, I remember it was, um, oh, gee, about a week later that my wife at the time and, and mother-in-law were talking and they felt that they had to approach me because I was acting different. Something was wrong. You know, I'm, I'm coming home from work. I'm happy and I'm playing with the kids. What's going on? There's something wrong with Mike. Yeah. Are you taking antidepressants? They wanted to know. <laughs> That's, that was their first guess? Really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my kids are not vaccinated. You know, yeah. we don't use But, but automatically, medicine. Mike must be taking an antidepressant. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the food. I was nutrient deficient and I didn't realize it. I was still in that... Uh, phase of my life where I thought I can eat anything and just sure. exercise it into good, into good nutrition. Um, you know, garbage in, garbage out. It doesn't work that way. You asked me uh, on a, well, an application. Yeah. It was a, a favorite quote. Yes. And, and, you know, what I said is you can't make chicken salad out of chicken feces. Yeah. Which by and, the way, that is totally going in the blog article. That's why I asked that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I was like, oh, he went there. I like it. it. It it applies to anything, whether it's your business, you can't put, you know, your your diet. If you're trying to build a healthy body, you have to eat good if you want to make something good. Yeah. It's not going to happen from junk. You might get away with it for a little bit, but it's not a long-term anything. But see, and even you, so you're somebody who works in the practice of health. And and again, I like to clarify that people, I said health, not medicine. All right, because an MD doesn't have a, most of the MDs I know don't have a clue about what he and I are talking about today. And it's okay. I, I've grown to accept it. Uh, I've, I've realized that the MDs who do understand some of this stuff are the ones who take that personal accountability and decide, you know what, I'm going to keep my lifelong education going and, and seeing what I'm missing and not just, as I, I like to call it, pushing the pharmaceutical Band-Aid. Because it is a Band-Aid. It's only temporary. And yeah, you're kind of covering up the, the the injury or the whatever you want to call it. But it's like, did you find the root cause? No, I'm just slapping some pharmaceuticals on that and hoping it might do something besides destroy your gut health, which is also a big side effect of most pharmaceuticals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, like I said, I, I figured you and I would have some fun on this subject today. Um, For sure. So, so phytonutrients aside, energy boosting benefits of putting the right nutrients in the body, uh, not taking antidepressants. Um, what would you say was your biggest wake up call with the aloe then? Like, was it, was it the drinking it as a beverage? Was it yeah. doing it as a, I don't know. Like, did they, did they, did, what, did they make gel yeah. caps with it? What was your first experience to really <laughs> open that up? You know, after I, um, saw my hands get healed and, and then I, you know, just told my patient that was, having the worst kind of cancer that she should be drinking three. Well, when I saw her get well, mm -hmm. I thought, wow, there's something to this. Now, about a year after that, Rodney Stockton, that went door to door, he had a heart attack, 96 years old and died. Wow. Well, Still 96, man, strong age, strong age. Yeah, he was actually working that day. And because I, I talked to his uh, former wife and uh, she said, yeah, I just talked to him uh, you know, a couple hours earlier and he was doing fine and still working the business and people would knock on his door and he'd pick up these, you know, five gallon buckets of aloe and bring it to the door for them. And uh, so working every day on the phone and getting shipments ready for the federal express truck. Anyway, 
uh, when, when he died and I realized all of a sudden, you know, my aloe supply was getting cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, she had, because the company was failing without him. Uh, she asked me for some help and we went in and essentially saved the company. Uh, had okay, no that intention of doing brand. it. All right. Cause I was going to, was going to, I was going to somehow connect to the business sooner or later because I'm a marketing guy and I'm, I'm yeah. actually, I'm going to go ahead and screen share right now for you for the video feed. Like I was on the site and I'm like, wait a minute, I got Haley nutrition and then I got stocked in aloe one. Yes. And then I found the history page. I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm yeah. picking up, I'm picking up what he's throwing down here. <laughs> yeah. You see that guy right there, Rodney yeah. Stockton. He's I a happy looking saw- man. Yeah. Well, he discovered aloe, um, around 1949 or so. And, uh, I, I found this picture of him in the newspaper in 1958. He kind of looked like that there. Hmm. He looked like he did not age well. Then he discovered aloe and started aging real well. It was amazing to see him at, you know, in, in his later eighties, early nineties, not changing and having all this life and energy. Yeah. He didn't start off that well this first year. And even, even uh, in his old age, you know, the only healthy thing he did was drink aloe vera. Uh, he was still a fast food guy, you know, uh, making his TV dinners and, you know, and burgers and yeah, he did not eat healthy, but he drank the aloe. Well, and I remember when he was on his deathbed uh, there, he was, um, you know, in a coma on life support. I remember grabbing onto his legs and looking at them because usually like the further from the heart, it gets all black and blue. Yeah, due to lack of circulation. circulation. Not him. He had this white, plump, healthy skin everywhere. It was amazing. Hmm. Well, fast forward, when I kind of stepped in to save the company in a sense, um, I thought, well, let me experience this three glasses a day for myself. And I remember all of a sudden people saying, wow, you know, you're glowing. What are you doing? Your skin looks amazing. Well, I was was about to hint to that earlier because I'm like, when I I said, oh, you got me by 10 years. But then I didn't get to finish saying, I'm like, dude, you're glowing. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, you. you can see it. It's like, Isadar, you have a really good webcam. I mean, <laughs> could be the best of both worlds. I don't know. But I'm like, all right, dude, he's got me by 10 years. He's got that Florida tan on the, on the skin. But, I mean, it's smooth. Oh. It looks smooth. You know, Scott, I'm, I'm, I'm small time here. I don't, you know, I don't have the big podcast and the makeup artist. <laughs> Definitely don't have that. Uh, I mean, the only makeup I might have is maybe some horse manure from my, my wife's uh, is a equine horse doctor. So, um, that's good. There you go. I have some secret facial treatments, <laughs> but that's, well, a, that's a, that's a testament though to your lifestyle. And if anything, it's what I just learned from you is that you've at least learned enough that it's not just about the aloe. Like obviously Rodney was still, you said, doing the TV dinners and the fast food, which is all just terrible. Right. So imagine if you take that out too. Now granted, right. he made it to 96, so he's good. But he, he, he's still, I mean, again, that photo of the, on the website, he, that's a happy looking man, young looking he, man. He, yeah. he was full of energy, full of life right up until he wasn't. Yeah. You know, and that's hopefully that's the way we all go. You know, yeah. that's what impressed me. I was like, "Wow, okay, this guy seriously had something going for him." So yeah, it's so then you take uh, what he taught you, and then apply it into everything that you've been learning over the years, and that's like the ultimate combination. Yeah. You know, I I just learned something just a, a year ago about aloe vera that I didn't know, and it was uh, brought to my attention uh, by someone that you know teaches people how to get well from cancer. He said, look what I found. Look at this research. 
you know, I, I remember I mentioned aloe vera had this unique sugar molecule uh, yes. called mannose. I was worried. I was wondering, wondering where that was actually going to go, but we had so many things we hit on there. So yeah, go yeah. ahead, go on that. Yeah. Ma- mannose. Well, you said mannose, right? Emma's and Mary mannose. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, one of, one of the things um, that we know is people use it to lower and stabilize blood sugar levels. Now, I'm not sure how this all plays in because normally sugar raises your blood sugar levels. Hmm. But I'm starting to understand it more and more because um, there was, and, and I think it was done by people selling uh, chemotherapy mm-hmm. uh, because their conclusion was that when you use aloe vera with the chemotherapy, you know, you kill the cancer. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> but but what they were t- focusing on in the research was the mannose molecule. And if I were to sum it up um, and oversimplify it, it seems that cancer cells love sugar, that's what, you know, with what we call an obligatory glucose metabolizer. That's why we would uh, feed someone like a radioactive sugar and then give a, an x-ray to see where the sugar is going to sure. find the cancer. Okay. Uh, because the cancer eats sugar and then it fills Wait, up hold on. I thought that was a rumor. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yes, <laughs> cancer does love to feed off of sugar. Yes, so the bad sugar. Well, if I were to oversimplify it, it seems that, you know, cancer sees mannose as a sugar molecule, but it would be like uh, me trying to take the biggest bite out of an, too big of an apple that was too hard. And I sank my teeth into it and I wasn't strong enough to bite through it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't open my mouth wide enough to get rid of it. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it is when cancer eats the mannose. It kind of binds to the, the, the you know, eating receptor and can't release it. So it can't eat the glucose, but it can't eat the mannose. So it stops growing according to the chemotherapy company or whatever, you know, supposedly the cancer stops growing and the then the chemo kills it. Wow. But if you ask me, if it can't eat, it dies. Um, So just keep it from eating long enough. I would assume, right? Makes sense to me. I mean, it goes back to, we were talking about energy earlier, right? Like at the cellular level, it is crucial to maintain the the health of our mitochondria. The mitochondria are the power plants to our cells. Uh, I had on years ago the great uh, Dr. Jack Cruz. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but whew, man, that guy. He his followers. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, you're a biohacker. He's like, let me know when you're ready to level up. He's like, my followers are mitohackers, and I was like, oh, he just went there. Okay, <laughs> we're we're hacking the mitochondria. But I I had no idea because he he's a big advocate for. You know, once you get into the evening, wearing blue blocker glasses, cutting the excess, you know, blue light frequencies out. Mm-hmm. But he's like, it's Scott, it's so much deeper. He's like, it's the right amount of sunlight, like healthy sunlight. He purposely moved to Louisiana, just like you're in Florida. Why? Closer to the equator, more mm-hmm. healthy sun. And people are like, oh, wait a minute. No, sun's bad for you. He's like, eh, no, there's healthy UV. All these components about, but then he also ties it back in. Don't forget about your nutrition. Don't forget mm-hmm. about... The essential nutrients, minerals, vitamins, everything, it's all tied together into fueling that cell. So right. that's what I love about all this is just like you just keep peeling back a layer of that onion and just, there's more to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, years ago, I thought that cancer uh, was getting people that were using aloe, I thought it was because it increases the tumor necrosis factor, the interferons and the interleukins and stuff. I believe that's part of it. Um, okay. Science shows it. Um, I think partly because it makes the gut healthy and that's where your immune system is and possibly because the sugar levels are, are lower. But this is another interesting research that was done at Hippocrates Health Institute. People that uh, consumed aloe vera with their supplements tested higher in the blood for every nutrient they tested hmm. uh, the blood for. 
versus the group that didn't get the aloe vera with their supplements. I think that's why, um, you know, the aloe vera, I think that's why some of the natural clinics in Mexico that, you know, you go, you have to leave the country to uh, get natural cancer therapies. Well, they're putting I've, aloe I've, vera. I've heard this many times, so yeah. sad, but okay. <laughs> but they're, they're recommending aloe vera in the juice smoothies hmm. to maximize, you know, the effectiveness of those expensive nutrients. So aloe is acting as a carrier almost to help exactly. expedite and also ensure the proper absorption of these essential nutrients. That's what, yes. I, that's what I'm translating in my brain right now anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. You know, it, it really is a miracle food. It's one of those, you know, there are super foods and then there's super, super foods. Yeah. I have to believe it is the number one. I just, I, I don't know anything that compares to it and that's been used traditionally for ever as far back as we know. Well, that's, that's, that's actually, that's another beautiful piece of that. I mean, I don't even know how far back, when was the last time you did your research? Like how, Aloe's been around a long time. I mean, Aloe was used, God, world, worldwide explorers were using it. I mean, I think last time I read up on it, I think even the Egyptians were using it. You'll see it, you know, carved into the rocks, you know, in, yeah. their, in their storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty powerful. And yep, yet, we, but yet so many people don't think much about it. Or if yeah. you, uh, like if you go to the drugstore, You'll see stuff that like has like creams and you'll have aloe added or aloe vera uh, in it as an ingredient. Uh, but uh, it, to be fair, what I'm hearing from you is like, dude, just stay straight and clean. You don't need all the other junk that's been mixed in with it. I remember when I was in Walmart and I took a picture of this bottle because it just blew me away. It said 100% aloe vera gel. And then I turned it over and there was a thousand ingredients. Uh, now, this was before about three years ago when I think it was the Chicago Tribune came out with an article that said there's no aloe vera in the aloe at Walmart, CVS, Target. Hmm. They ran him through some tests and, you know, was missing some of the markers that tells you this is aloe vera. Interesting. It had some of them in it, but they suggested that they were putting in ingredients to mimic aloe vera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The label said 100% aloe. How could you have 100% aloe vera with all those other ingredients? Doc, come on, Michael. Do this is the same thing with the olive oil industry. There's a, fa a, a best-selling book called Extra Virginity. I don't know if you've actually ever read it. <laughs> no. Oh, like you want to get frustrated? Because in this country, we don't regulate olive oil. So yeah. that's why you can go to any... That's why I don't, I don't follow, I buy my olive oil straight from Italy, okay? Because <laughs> they, it, I know it comes directly from their farm. It's canned and bottled at their, at their villa. And they they literally do it the old school way. They're they're stone grinding all the pulp down to extract. There's mm. nothing else added. But in this country, thanks to the extra virginity book, I consume multiple times now. We don't regulate it, so companies mm. can import olive oil and then blend it with other seed mm. oils and anything else they want to cut it with, and then still get to call it 100% extra virgin olive oil. Uh, it's a whole racket and it's been going on not just in this country uh, in that in that book the, you know, i love the audio version of it because when i'm traveling i just listen to it but they talk about it goes on in italy it goes on all over because in the end it's all about making a buck and right. nothing's regulating it and it's sad so like back to your point 100 percent aloe vera it's not regulated yeah yeah they, they can know, say it's in it as far as i know there's two companies making 100 percent aloe vera gel uh truly and okay. mine's one of them and the other one does something else. I'm not going to mention the brand name, but this is kind of a, uh, a trick on the 100%, though, because 
if I, for instance, and I'm not saying this is what they did, but if, for instance, I extracted water out of aloe vera, okay, I was somehow able to filter it so much that I took all the water out of the aloe vera. Is that water that came 100% from the aloe vera, is it still aloe vera? Oh, interesting. Because there is a brand out there where you can't, and I, I, I remember I purchased a bottle for my wife not too long ago because quite frankly, I'm not sure she believed me when I said it tastes just like water. Hmm. And she drank it and said, wow, this tastes just like water. <laughs> so you weren't even able to taste the flavor of aloe because actually you made this point earlier in the show. Aloe doesn't have a really overwhelming profile. Like you're not tasting that much out of out of pure the aloe gel uh, that comes from yeah. the leaf. Yeah. It has a hint of garlic, a hint of onion, uh, but it's relatively tasteless. Hmm. And it has a texture, a definite texture. Oh, sure. Versus, you know, you, you know the difference when you when you shake aloe, it's going to be a goopy sound. When you shake water, it's going to splash. Yeah. That other brand does splash just like water. It tastes like water. Um, it's a probably an over filtered version of aloe vera. Okay. And there's plenty of brands that are over filtered um, that add thickeners to make it look like gel again. Which uh, again, there you go. So hold on, we're going to cut it. We're going to extract it, liquefy it so I can get more product derived, but people still want to make sure it's still aloe. So now I'm going to add a false thickening agent in, right. which is an ingredient that you probably don't want to be ingesting. Right. And I, just leave it the way it was. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, this is, this is, um, th this is going to be the nugget for today right here. Uh, because this, this is not aloe vera. This, uh, you can apply this to everything when you're buying juice from a grocery store, they pretty much all come from a handful of farms. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, to aloe vera, there's really four big aloe vera farms. And most of them, mostly what's happening is they're selling 55 gallon drums to a large distributor in the United States that then sells them off to all the various companies that reprocess them yeah. and make their own beverages or aloe vera gels or yeah. whatever the case is out of them. It's a bulk ingredient distribution network. Okay. Yeah, well, here's here's the interesting thing, because this is what really happens. And and some of them, by the way, you'll find in the store shelves in glass bottles. Um, we are using plastic. Now, we are using bottles that have been cured uh, long before they're filled. Um, we have, uh, we're putting cold liquid in them, which is going to decrease. Plastic mostly does get a bad rap from bottled water where they blow the bottles and they fill them right away, cap them, put them on the pallets, they go in the trucks and on oh, the warehouse yeah. to fill it, you know. Yeah, there's so much impact to, uh, there, uh, I had a great uh, geneticist on this show, Dr. Anthony J. He has a best book. It's uh, all about estrogeneration, the impacts of estrogen and hormones and everything. It's crazy yeah. what low quality plastics are doing. So, so you, you want to be smart when it comes to your plastics, you know, and, and bottled water, in my opinion, is the worst use of your plastics. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, these these aloe veras that are in glass bottles, this is what probably happened for most of them. Down on the farm, they're filtering the aloe. They mostly filter with diatomaceous earth and activated carbon. They put it through a pressure filter and they pasteurize it. They okay. add preservatives, by the way, which are not necessarily going to appear on the labels on the store shelves unless they added the same preservative. Wow. Um, but on, on that, uh, that uh, raw material, those preservatives aren't really counted 
That's why there's mercury in vaccines still, because the sub-ingredients had their own preservative system that doesn't make it to the label. Well, anyway, they're hot filling these 55 gallon drums. Now they do have food grade plastic liners, but they're putting the aloe in there at 170 degrees. You're activating the plastics, yeah. Yes, and then they, because they want to make sure everything that's, you know, is dead in there when they cap that bag that's in that big blue plastic drum, seal it up. Now, because it's that hot, we know it's dead and it's got the preservatives in it. Let's ship that to the United States to, you know, resell to the aloe companies that then reprocess it, add their new set of preservatives in it. And that's what appears on the label and they sell it as aloe vera. Wow. Uh, well, in glass bottles, it was 170 in plastic. What, what benefit do we have by you putting it in a glass bottle? Yeah, thanks for transferring it in a glass. You didn't bother telling everybody that it was already superheated inside of plastics before you put it in glass. So, <laughs> so the point wow. being is, um, you know, you can apply this to anything that you're buying in the store. They come from a handful of farms. They all process it the same way. And, you know, don't so, be fooled by the glass jar. So do you request the farms you're buying your supply from to, I guess, contain it in a different methodology? You know, I, I have a very different arrangement. Um, I, instead of having my own farm, I do want to actually bring it back to Florida, even though it does grow better in the Dominican Republic. It's okay. closer to the equator. Aloe just loves it. I'm pretty far south. We can probably do pretty well here. Um, I grow some healthy aloe in my yard. Sure. But it grows really good over there. Um, there's no pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. They use real tools and hands. Yeah. I contracted with one of the farmers. We installed our own equipment on their farm, and I'm the only aloe company that I know of that does this. Oh. When I go there, they work for me. I supervise them, uh, and if I can't make it, my office manager goes and supervises the whole operation. So you've partnered with an existing farm, yeah. so you can source your products the way you guys want to source them? Correct. Can them yeah. or, or, or contain them, I should say, contain them and then ship them back to your facility in Florida or? Yes, we okay. use we use our tools there and uh, the tools are, are simple. You know, it's uh, for the most part stainless steel, steel tables. Uh, we use their tables, um, stainless steel knives. Yeah. Um, we use their knives and then uh, we run it through a commercial grinder, kind of a, a slow grind so it doesn't foam it all up. And then we push it through a 110 feet of stainless steel pipe that has circulating cold liquid on the outside. This is where we go different than all the other companies. They go through the, uh, the, the big mixers with the diatomaceous earth, the activated carbon, the pressure filters, right. the pasteurizers. We skip all that. And I don't understand the filtering and taking the pulp out and the, the, the say, carbon. I figure most of the nutrient density would be in the pulp still. Like, would you yeah. want, Why would you want to take I, that out right away? Yeah, it's, it's the whole concept of whole food. It right. belongs together. Um, and so we, we just, you know, we hand fillet it. We get rid of the peel, the outer part of the plants that you typically don't want. You know, if you peel a banana, you don't eat the peel. I guess some people say you could, but uh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't I've never really felt like it was normal to, but I guess you could. You know, I, I, have you heard of the chimp diet? No. Okay, there's a book out, and apparently you're supposed to eat the peels. And, you know, uh, well, you if you think about it, the, pe the peel was there to protect it. It was an armor. Uh, right. So, I mean, it was protecting something more valuable on the inside. That's how exactly. I Exactly. It, it yeah. keeps the bugs out. And, and Yeah. Well, we take the gel from the inside, run it through a grinder, and we put it through a chiller instead of a pasteurizer, and we bottle it in its whole form at a 
pre-chilled state. So it goes into the plastic cold that goes into the freezers. That's it. That's our preserving system is keeping it frozen. Nice. Well, I noticed that you ship everything frozen mostly from this website. So I'm like, oh, interesting. So they're going right from like, basically you pull frozen from stock, put it in a, a cold shipping box and go. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's- and, you know, no, it's not filtered, which means it's not diluted in the sense, you know, we think of diluting as adding water. Uh, no, diluting is also taking things out. Well, and that's and, what my friends with the olive oil place say. They like, listen, like you might, because I do shots of olive oil straight. I, I never did that until I bought their stuff because it's so pure. You get this peppery. Uh, they're from uh, they're from Puglia, Italy. It's on the boot heel, and they call it the Puglia pinch because it's just that. That's how you know you got the really good stuff. It's just, the cough factor. Yeah, exactly. So they talk about <laughs> it in that book too. Actually, they talk about how they're you know, professional tasters. You, you they, if you don't get that. You're, you're drinking crap. I mean, yeah, yeah, Scott, I need some help there because I love my olive oil too. And you know, I love my salads and I just drizzle olive oil on it. And that's my dressing. When you have a great olive oil, you don't need anything else. You can just put that on straight. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm using an organic, but it's, you know, literally from the U S no doubt. And, uh, I, I want your source. Uh, <laughs> There you go. I have them linked Excellent. to my website too. So I have, uh, um, oh, great. So if you forget, but it's Villa, V I L L A, Capelli. And uh, actually, use my discount code for our listeners. Uh, fuel will get you 10% off. So, oh, excellent. Uh, but Villa Capelli, these guys are amazing. They they restored this old villa. I'm actually, I got actually now we're talking about it. I got to email them because I want to plan my honeymoon over there next year. And I want to, I've never been to Italy. So I was like, I need to go. I was like, and they have people who stay on the property in the villa. And I, I want to finally go see these guys in person. They were on my show a while ago, but, um, yeah, amazing quality. I mean, they have a lot of other stuff on the site too. They have, they have, oh my God, if you like spicy things, they've got uh, pepper infused olive oils, lemon infused olive oils. You could fall down a rabbit hole very quickly, but <laughs> real quick, cause I haven't talked about this in a while on the show for the listeners and your benefit, use the fuel code. But the real hack is get the three liter tin. Don't buy like the little bottle. I buy the big tin yeah. and then I just yeah. refill my stuff because uh, basically they give you free shipping if you order a hundred bucks anyway. So I'm like, well, good. It's, it's probably how you guys do stuff with your thing. Like buy, buy bulk, buy volume. It's a better deal. So, Absolutely. And actually now that we're talking about that, I do have to do a new order because I got some Christmas gifts coming up for the holidays and I give people olive oil. <laughs> Well, when they're processing orders, they're probably going to see ours right next to each other then because I'm, I'm going as soon as we're done here. Well, and again, <laughs> fat is energy. So I, I tell something yeah. else. I mean, I tell you, fuel, the fuel in the tank, car, whatever you want to drive, ride, whatever. My guys, like, I, I did my first, uh, I attempted my first 100-mile mountain biking race uh, back in June. And I've been moving to more of a ketogenic, fat-adapted, healthy lifestyle for the past couple of years. So the biggest hack is getting my my endurance training to match it because everybody thinks mm-hmm. you can't do endurance sports. Well, I had vials of olive oil in my bike jersey during the race. And I, all I did was I added in uh, salt from the ancient mines under Utah from a company called Real Salt. That is more mineral dense than Himalayan. So there's, there's a, and actually that's made in the USA. Uh, but I put salt in the olive oil, seal up the little vials, put in my bike jersey, and that was my fuel. I didn't eat any sugary garbage at all on that race. That's amazing. Yeah, but it's taken a couple of years to get there. Like we're going full circle back to earlier in the show, right? Like you didn't know what you know now without putting in the time, the effort, the research, the work. This applies to our health. This applies to improving our lifestyles. This applies to business one-on-one. You eventually being able to help impact and save a, a health-impacted a health business and now having Haley Nutrition and the Stockton Allot One, like 
you didn't plan on it, but you felt like, well, we got to start putting the reps and figuring it out. That's right. Or you just give up. Well, we don't really do that on the show. I, I wouldn't know how to do that. I don't. I don't get that. I don't know how. And that's why you were invited on as a guest co-host today, because I'm not really good with accepting uh, the the giver upters, if that's really a word for it. But I'm like, nah. There's no because f- I, I tell people all the time. You and I said it right before we hit the start on the show. I'm like, guys, like you gotta take risks. You gotta make mistakes because that's where you're gonna make some of the most powerful, impacting lessons learned. That's gonna shape the next months, years, etc. Right? Oh, absolutely. So I th- it sounds like you can back that up. That Hey, guess what? Even though your owl is amazing, you didn't know you were going to do it that way from the beginning. You had to figure it mm-hmm. out. You had to study your competition, look how to do it better, more pure. Yeah. Rodney had a pretty good program in place already. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't want it fermenting. So we wanted to get it cold faster. Yeah. And um, I didn't want to rinse the fillets because I didn't want any water, not even little drops that were on the fillets getting into it. So, you know, we we got to clean up the fillet process, bleed those things out better, wash the leaves before we take the skin off them and make sure we're just getting the gel through the grinder. No water, at, you know, so we made some improvements, but it was already world-class best there was we yeah. just made it better <laughs> it sounds like your aloe is cold pressed <laughs> just because i keep hearing that and i, I yeah. know it's, i know it's a different process but when i hear about cold press olive oil i'm like huh, yeah it's almost like you're cold pressed i don't know i mean well it, it's kind of like that because you know what you are doing is you're you're filleting it and you're taking that gel and instead of smushing it um we're, we're pushing it through the grinder's like a, a you're pushing it disposer. through chilled lines so you're yeah Maybe not cold pressing, but cold channeling. Ooh, maybe yeah. we can create a new industry term. I'm, I'm, I'm cold channeling it through chilled lines. Um, well, that makes sense. It, it goes through literally like a commercial commercial disposer that you would have. You know, a big. You know, that's what grinds it, yeah. and it just and then it pushes through the stainless steel pipes coming out the other side, forty degrees colder. Nice. I'm going to have to order some frozen aloe. I didn't even know you could do this. I, I just, I, I learned so much today. I'm like, oh, aloe can be shipped frozen. I mean, because it is, it does have a lot of water content in it. So I've always wondered like, oh man, like obviously you guys had to account for how much space in the jug when you freeze it to allow expansion. Um, yeah. But yeah, but obviously because it's a gel form, it's not going to expand too much. Whereas if it was almost all water, it would really expand. You know, our, our most experienced canners, say i'm gonna put it in glass and then they say i should have listened to you they all my jars burst it seems that it does expand more than water when you freeze it mm. we're in the in the half gallon bottles we're putting 58 ounces in our half gallon bottles okay uh, now a half gallon bottle that you know you would say well that's 64 ounces no a half gallon bottle will really hold about 68 ounces so there's a little additional space there for it to expand into yeah, yeah. Uh, it's working good well, i like it well i was screen sharing it earlier so uh because it looks like you guys recommended a double pack which is kind of like i was just talking about olive oil my guys like buy it in volume i mean it just yeah. makes sense here so there you that's go. well there that's our go. smallest order you yeah. know which because you know you if i were to really drive this home people say can i just buy one bottle you know imagine if you just wanted to buy one cup what it would take to get that to california frozen yeah that's you know, I, now I'm going to just replace the, all the other frozen stuff with dry ice. So you're going to be paying to ship dry ice instead. You know, it, it doesn't work. So we have to ship bigger amounts. Yeah. Um, so, and the price comes down significantly as you get more bottles because 
it ships better and and you know we're oh, using- it's great you even call us out here please do not use glass to refreeze because if i could continue <laughs> that sentence it may explode <laughs> <laughs> it will <laughs> no i i love all this detail uh this has been a great show uh, have you i hope you had some oh, fun today you. um I, I do want to ask one more favor for you as the guest co-host. I always ask my guest co-host to kind of help bring the show to a close, kind of close it out. Um, but really, it's because it's not about you coming on today. is not because I'm here to help sell your aloe. It's right. because we're trying to make a bigger impact in the world. And this is after three years of podcasting. I've started saying this and putting this finally into some words, which are probably going to go into one of the chapters in my new book that I'm finishing up the editing on now. And it's like, guys, it's like, you have to realize that what is the legacy we're leaving behind in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, And you don't have to be in your 40s or 50s to figure this out. You could be in your 20s and already have a clue. It's like, guys, like, what is the, what's the footprint on the planet? What's the imprint you're on? What are, you, what are you doing to leave something positive behind? So with me setting the stage on that, is there anything all-encompassing you want to leave behind for the listeners? Maybe something you know, we didn't talk about today. I don't know. Oh, boy. That's a good question. Um, you know, we covered so much and I think we kind of nailed them already. Um, but I think what it comes down to is, is really keeping an, an open mind because, you know, you and I can agree, we know a lot, but we have so much more to know, to learn. Um, it's not, it's, it's never ending. Keep your mind open and keep, keep on going. You know, there's, there's so much more out there that we, yeah. I, I love that point. Cause I warn people that now. I'm like, guys, like, I love how you kind of simplified it. It's like, guys, like, I can't say any better. The doc just said it. It's like, guys, like, if you open that door to becoming a learner again, be prepared to fall down the rabbit hole because it's all about being a lifelong learner. And it gets exciting. I can war. I mean, I used to not like school when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Now I can't stop acquiring audiobooks and uh, YouTube channels that actually have great content, etc. It's like, guys, like, just start diving in and finding what excites you and then keep and, going and podcasts. Yeah. You can take them with you anywhere. I know. Right. It's like, this is evergreen content. So I, I don't even listen to music when I drive anymore. I don't either. I, I, yeah. Unless I just need something to break it up. I might, if right. I, if I'm on a big uh, road trip for business, I'm headed up to upstate New York. I was there last week. I had like a three and a half hour drive. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go through two podcasts, maybe catch up on a chapter on a book, uh, but then I actually decided to say, you know, let me do two podcasts. And then, like, you know, I haven't turned on Amazon uh, music in a while. Let me go listen to a couple of random songs from the 90s. And that's what I decided to do for the last few, a few minutes of the drive before my meeting. But it just depends on my fancy. But most of the time, it's what's striking my fancy is podcasts, audiobooks, especially when I'm traveling. Or now you got YouTube Red. I can play a podcast that's on YouTube in the background. Because uh, most most smartphones won't let you do that unless you have a YouTube Red subscription. Uh, that's why I publish content to YouTube. I have followers who only follow podcasts on YouTube, so that's why we push video out. Got to make them now, happy too. Did you ever take the YouTube and play it at one point five or one point seven five or maybe even two point just so you can really jam the content in your brain? Not on YouTube, but I do that. <laughs> All of my podcast apps uh, are set to one point five or two point depending on the app, because one of the apps doesn't have a 2.0. So I had to go 1.5 on that one. So 
Yeah. And my, okay. my wife gets in the car and she's just like, could you turn the chipmunks off and bring it back to normal? <laughs> so oh, I was like, that's great. Well, because she loves podcasts too. And she's a doctor of equine. Uh, you know, she's a horse vet doctor mm-hmm. and she's also a doctor of chiropractic. So it's like, okay. so, you know, she studied alongside right. of human doctors. So, uh, we geek out about a lot of things. So yeah, yeah. It's all about well, learning. Yeah, you know, Scott, this has been fun. Uh, we we truly we're on the same page. I love it, um, and I, I feel like we have so much more to talk about. I'd love to dig deep into business sometime. And yes, you can always come back on. Absolutely, because I, I tell people all the time, like, yes, it's good to geek on the health, but if you could figure out the business behind it as well, and people always wonder, they're always trying to find a way to find something they can be passionate about in their business life. I'm like, well, basically, that's what I'm hearing from you. You found something that's your passion, and it's a business. So, yeah, which I used to struggle with, you know, because it's like, well, people are dying of cancer. You know, I, I, how do I stand to make money off them when they're struck? How can you help them if you don't? It's the definition of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship are people that are put in place to fix people's problems for money. That's because in the end, you still have to survive. You still have to pay your bills and keep coming and keep coming out with better products or better services to impact those lives. Well, in the end, you still have to survive. So yeah, you have to get paid a little bit. <laughs> and we, we shouldn't feel guilty about it. So, yeah. well, listen, this has been a blast. Uh, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air and, and we can always have you back on again, get digging the more business side of it. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's all going to be clear, you know, on the blog show notes, Aloe, the number one, so Aloe, A-L-O-E, the number one.com. If you want to, uh, for the listeners who weren't watching the video feed, you got to go in there and dig into it. But again, it's all on thefield.com. When this episode comes out, you'll have his YouTube channel. You'll have all the websites, all the content, easily clickable like we always do. And we'll have some time-stamped little show notes mixing it up in case you want to skip through the show like we do as well. So again, ladies and gentlemen, a reminder, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Dr. Haley definitely helped us with that today. And remember... You too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.